This is the Squared Ham Podcast. Any views or opinions represented in this podcast are personal and belong solely to the host and guests and do not represent those of people, institutions, or organizations that they may or may not be associated with in their professional or personal capacity unless explicitly stated. Any views or opinions expressed are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, fraternity, business, company, or a specific individual. Now, on to the show. Morning, morning time. I am Mike Schaefer, and welcome to the Squared Ham. It is Wednesday. September 16th, 2020. This is episode 16, the hybrid school year. It's been about two and a half weeks since the last podcast episode was uploaded. We've gained a few more listeners. That's always great. Welcome to you, and I hope you are enjoying the show thus far. To the listeners that have been here for a while, I appreciate you faithfully coming back for more each episode. A few updates. The wife and I did ultimately decide to purchase an air fryer. I won't say which model we purchased, but it's large like a microwave and made by the same company that makes a lot of the popular pressure cookers. We have used it a few times now. First was to air fry some french fries. Then we made some Asian pear Middle Eastern spice crisp dessert. And I have even used it to roast bell peppers for a Mexican dish I was making. We have not used the rotisserie function yet, but so far it has performed well. Does it do anything that an oven won't do? Well, I'm not completely sold that it does, but it does heat up faster and thusly speeds up the overall cooking time significantly. I'll continue to keep you posted one way or another. The jury's still out on on how I feel about this one. Let's see. Hurricane Sally has gone through the Florida panhandle and is now turning right and heading towards Georgia. We need the rain, but not the damaging winds. Hopefully, she'll be kind on her way through here. What else? Our eldest son is home from Afghanistan, and he spent a few days of his leave visiting with us. You know, it sure is good to have him home, but like most 25-year-old young men, it's obvious he's itching to get in his own apartment and have his freedom. So I'm sure his visit with us is going to be shorter than we want it to be, but we'll take what we can get. Parents with young children, enjoy your time with your kids when they're young. As when they get older, your time with them will only be short snippets of time. I promise you. Oh, and the smalls. Now, for those of you who don't know, the smalls, that's what I call our two youngest children that are still here at home with us. They're in 6th and 8th grade. The smalls have been in school for about a month now, with the first few weeks being online only. Recently, they started going to school under a hybrid model. Now, let me explain this hybrid model. A hybrid model works like this. Students with a last name of A through J attend school Monday and Tuesday with homeschooling or online instruction being Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Students with last names of K through Z, they're going to attend school Wednesday and Thursday in person, and they have their online instruction Monday, Tuesday, and Friday. Reasoning behind this is that it allows for half the students to be in the class. This aids with the social distancing requirement that has been mandated in the classrooms. The students get up in the morning when they go to school. Before they can even get on the bus, they have to have a mask on. They keep that mask on all day 
and can only take it off once they've gotten home, gotten off the bus. The only exception to this is their lunchtime. And for lunch, they pick up their lunch from the lunchroom and carry it to their desk in their classroom where they're socially distanced and they're allowed to remove their masks simply for the sole purpose of consuming their lunch. After that, got to be back on. The children also have to carry their own hand sanitizer. They have to carry water bottles with them because, you know, the water fountains are off limits. My daughter has banned this year, but it's kind of pointless because they're not permitted to remove their masks to play instruments. Most of the sports have been canceled. Not all, but most of them. So as you can see, even though they are back in school, things aren't even close to being normal. How is the online learning going, you ask? Well, let me tell you. 99.9% .9 of the online learning consists of my kids checking their school email and then reading and completing assignments that were assigned via that email. Many of these assignments, in my opinion, and all this is my opinion, really only appear to be busy work. The kids really aren't learning much new, but they're just repeating a lot of what, they, what they've already known. The kids have a few scheduled times throughout the day now where they need to log into a live video stream conference uh, with the classmates and the teachers. Something like a Zoom or something like, you know, Google Meet, Google Chat. They're using these things to visually live stream video between the teacher and the students. In my general observation of these live streams, and I've observed several of them from, from both of the smalls, they really are pointless and ridiculous. I think I've seen one or two teachers actually use this thing constructively. Most of the live video conferences last anywhere from 5 to 20 minutes, and they consist mostly of audio problems where the students are not muting their microphones and causing feedback. Then there's the, how are you? I miss you. Your hair looks nice. And other superfluous nonsense. The teacher then asks the students if they have any questions about their assignments that were posted in the email. And there's typically followed by silence crickets. The students don't have any questions. And so the teacher will typically then say, Okay, that's it for the conference. If you have any questions, feel free to email me. Now let's talk about emailing the teacher. Let me tell you about this. As I said, my youngest is taking band this year. It's her first year. And she wants to play the alto saxophone. Now, I play the trumpet, I have three trumpets in the house, but this is no help to someone that wants to play a saxophone, right? Therefore, as parents, we're now faced with the age-old question of buying her a saxophone or renting a sax. You know, there's, they're weighing it, will she stay with it, will she not stay with it, if she does stay with it, all these questions. But in order to make these decisions, you know, we want to know what our options are. How much does it cost to rent a saxophone from the school? So I tell my daughter to email her band teacher and ask how much it costs to rent a sax. She, being the good daughter she is, immediately emailed the teacher. And this was within normal school hours. The teacher replies the following day. And here's the teacher's reply. Don't worry about it. We aren't even using the instruments right now. And I said to my daughter, that's all the teacher wrote? And that's it. Told me not to worry about it. We're not even using them right now. Well, I'm a bit ticked because the teacher didn't even answer the question, right? But trying to contain my anger at this point, I tell my daughter to write the teacher back and explain in detail that her parents are weighing the options on renting from the school or buying a saxophone for her. 
So, daughter, once again, email your teacher, ask how much it costs to rent a saxophone, and explain in detail why we are asking. She emails the teacher a second time. A day later, the band teacher responds with $50. That's it. Nothing more. Just $50. Now I'm a bit more ticked. I mean, is that $50 a month? Is that $50 per semester? $50 per year? I mean, what the heck does $50 mean? Yep, you guessed it. I tell my daughter to once again email the teacher and ask for clarification on the $50. Is it per year, per month, per quarter, or what? Being the great daughter she is, she emails the teacher again, and this time gets a response the same day, and the teacher explains that it's $50 per year. Let's recap. Three sent emails over three days to get what should have been a simple reply to a simple question in one day. Nope, this teacher couldn't formulate an informative response the first time and had to be coached by my 11-year-old daughter to achieve the desired answer. These are the people teaching our kids. Moving on. A different teacher, the same small. It's Friday, September 11th. My daughter is doing a live video chat with her science teacher. I've always enjoyed science when I was in school, so I, I'm sitting there, you know, intrigued. Let's see what they're teaching in science. I'm watching the live stream with this small. Her science teacher begins showing videos of 9-11, of the buildings smoking, burning, planes crashing, photos of people jumping off the buildings, etc., just showing various video clips. These clips took about 20 minutes of just, here's another video, now watch this, here's another video, watch this. Again, these students were not muting their desk mics, so squealing loops and feedback was just heard throughout the whole videos being played. During one of these videos, a student could be heard asking, what is a Pentagon? Now, I don't know if I was more shocked that a sixth grader didn't know what the Pentagon was, or that the teacher never answered the question. Finally, after the teacher finished playing all the videos, he asked if any of the students knew what a quilt was. And I'm like, a quilt? What are you talking about a quilt? Like an Amish quilt? A few students did comment, though, on that question, and they replied and gave the right answer that it's a blanket made up of smaller pieces of fabric. The teacher then said that their homework was to draw on a square expressing how they felt about 9-11 and that all of their drawings were going to be placed on the classroom wall as a quilt. He then asked if the students had any questions about their homework and after hearing none, he ended the call. Now I'm baffled. What the heck does this assignment have to do with science? If it was art class, home and economics, or even a psychology class, maybe. But science? This had absolutely nothing to do with science. They weren't calculating the rate of planes at impact, combustion of fuel, speed of falling objects. Just, just nothing. Just, here, put your feelings on a piece of paper and we're going to make a quilt. So my daughter asked her, what are you going to do? Well, I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to draw yet or what I'm going to write yet. And so I told her, I said, here's what we're going to do. I said, you're going to draw a big, steamy pile of dog crap on the paper. And then next to it, you're going to draw the chemical symbol for methane. And when your teacher asks what your picture means, you're going to tell your teacher that your father said this homework assignment is 
a big smelly pile of crap and that it has nothing to do with science. And if he has any problems with it, tell your teacher to call your father. And she looked at me and said, okay, but I'm going to get in trouble. And I said, don't worry about it. Dad's got your back. Don't worry about what your teacher says. If your teacher doesn't want crap assignments, don't assign crap homework. She's like, okay. Now it's Wednesday. Six days later, and I find out that she didn't do the dog crap picture. I ask her why. And she replies that she was scared she was going to get in trouble in school. And I said to her, I said, you know, hey, bug, you know, dad's got you. Didn't, don't you know I got your back, right? And she said, yes, I know, but my teacher still would have been mad at me and I would have stayed in trouble. Seriously, is, is this what our teachers are doing to our kids? Are they turning them into mindless zombies who are supposed to blindly accept every single word the teacher says without asking any questions? They're just so fearful of retaliation if they disagree with the teacher. Now, not all of the teachers have, been, have sucked or have been bad. I did observe my daughter's uh, English class yesterday, and that one uh, English teacher has my utmost respect. She actually taught. She presented slides in a PowerPoint fashion, I believe it was how she was using it, but she had slides up on the screen, and she was talking, and she was going to the next slide, and she was talking, and she was engaging students, and she was having them give input and have write, write things down and take notes, and she was teaching. And this went on for about 45 minutes. Utmost respect, she absolutely did what we would expect teachers to be doing by using this online model. The question is, if she can do it, why aren't the other teachers doing the same? This online learning has shown me that we as parents really, really, really need to be more involved in our kids' schooling. We need to be fully aware of their assignments and what it is exactly that the teachers are instilling into our children. Parents, let's be real. Our children spend more hours a day conversing with the teachers than they do with us. We're at a distinct disadvantage. We need to determine if these teachers are instilling our values into our children or their own. Are the two compatible? And it's not just here in Georgia. I see online posts from my older daughters, and it's obvious that they are being politically indoctrinated in school. My two eldest daughters, if you don't know, they attend high school in New Jersey, where they have mandatory classes in gender studies and LGBT history. These same daughters constantly post political comments on social media that could only have come straight from CNN. Coincidence? I think not. Parents, it's time for our voices to be heard. Parents, talk to your kids. Get involved in their schooling. Talk to your neighbors, your friends, the teachers, the school board. Talk to someone. These teachers should not be teaching partisan politics in school. If your child knows their teacher's political views, that teacher has failed as an educator. Period. Don't be confused with what I'm saying now. I'm not saying children are to be clones of their parents or that our children are not permitted to think differently than us. What I'm saying is that children should be given a free choice to make informed decisions once they have been presented both sides fairly and equally. 
not something that is solely one-sided and is being forced down their throats by teachers at school, whether they like it or not. Parents, please understand, we encourage our children to behave in school, to study hard, and to get good grades. Those things alone, by our own admission, tell our children that school is good for them. Imagine how confusing it must be when our children are trying their best to get good grades and learn from these teachers, but later find out that mom and dad think differently than the teacher. It's got to be tough for them and awfully confusing. Parents, we have to get involved in our children's curriculum. Teachers, keep your own personal, political, and religious beliefs out of the classroom. That's the show for today. I'd love to hear from you and hear what your thoughts and comments are on today's show. Or if there's a topic that I have not covered and you would like me to, please let me know. Comments can be emailed to thesquaredham at gmail.com. Again, that's the squared ham at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. And until next time, remember, you can spend your time searching for light or you can become the light.